Thanks, Pastor Todd, and good morning, everybody. It's great to be back. Thank you so much for praying for me last weekend. Um, and the last couple weekends before that, I was out speaking at youth retreats, but last weekend especially, uh, I think everybody knows I had uh, I have adult onset asthma, and so every week I go get these allergy shots, and then also because of the asthma, I get uh, lung infections, and so somehow last week, the combination of, of uh, antibiotic and this shot gave me, I think the... Uh, I think the official name is the creeping crud. I think that's the real name of this. And so I started getting these uh, rashes and, and you know, my face is bright red. Believe me, no one wanted me here last week. Uh, you would have run out screaming. But, uh, and my wife did that often anyway. But, um, but anyway, thanks for praying. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much for your love for us and for our family. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me as we do continue our series on All In, in Acts chapter 2. If you have a copy of the Green Notes, you can get that handy, your Bible or your phone or device that has a copy of the Scriptures. I'm going to show you the Scriptures up on the PowerPoint again this morning. But uh, uh, yeah, I would love to have you look at your copy of the Scriptures as well. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Um, Pastor Todd has been talking with us about this idea of being all in. Uh, a, a series on, on commitment, really. And what I want to talk with you about this morning from this text is this, a continuing commitment or staying all in. Um, I found, by the magic of Google, I found this picture of uh, cross-country runners. And I may have told you a little bit about this before, but... Uh, let me, let me explain my opening illustration of the, of the cross country. Um, I was a, I'm a big guy, right? And in high school, um, I was the biggest kid in our, in our, I was the tallest kid in our entire school, my, I think my junior year, my senior year. And I was a basketball player. And all summer long, my, the, the, the summer before my junior year, all summer long in high school, all summer long, my buddies and I had worked very hard to stay in shape for basketball, and so we had run a lot, and we had played basketball a lot, and somehow in a moment of uh, insanity, <laughs> the three biggest guys, me and two other guys, one was a lot burlier than me, and the other guy was almost as tall as me, but the three biggest guys on a basketball team decided we're going to try out for the cross-country team to stay in shape for basketball. That was um, one of the dumbest decisions in my life. A basketball court, high school basketball court, is what, 94 feet long. That's like three steps for me, right? Just kidding. But we, so we go, we stay, we go out to cross country. It's the first night for cross country. And the coach was actually a believer. He went to our church. And so we get to the cross country tryouts. And, and I'm dead serious. I look around. And the first thing I notice is everybody here but the three of us are really, really little. And I'm thinking, you know, what, what does that mean? And the coach is having us stretch out. The coach is having us, you know, limber up, and 
we're running a few feet, you know, just get, you know, just getting ready to go. And then he wants us all on the starting line. And it was the very first practice. And he said something like this. I'm going to take it easy on you guys, and I'm assuming that all of you are in shape. And it's, you know, Mel and Dick and Tom, Dick and Tom Griggs, and then, and then all these little guys right here. And he says, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm in shape. I've been playing basketball, you know, 94 feet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And he said, uh, I'm going to take it easy on you guys. And he said, I want you to run eight miles. That's like to the next town. And I'm thinking, eight, eight miles. And he said, again, I'm assuming you're in shape. I'm assuming you do this. I want you to keep running, and I want you to finish. And finish the eight miles. And I'm thinking, Mel, you're an idiot. What are you doing here? I mean, that's, 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 that is temporary insanity. And so uh, we started running, and, you know, 94 feet I could handle, 100 feet I could handle. And, and after that, all these little guys are out of sight. You know, just the three big guys just plod, <laughs> plodding along, okay? Life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. God wants us to live for Christ over the long haul. I think everybody here knows me. Most of you know me. My ministry has been a lot with young people over the years. And I'll just tell you, friends, one of the reasons I love that is the analogy of watching somebody come to Christ young and live for God over the long haul. I got to tell you, I love that. I'm, I'm thankful in my family, as far back as I know, I grew up in Christian parents. My grandparents were believers. And I thank God for that model of people that faithfully ran the marathon, that faithfully ran and stayed all in. That is not the pattern today. I, I admit that I'm up and down, and you probably would admit that, you know, that we are more inconsistent than we like. But this is a passage that I want to talk with you today that talks about staying all in, a continuing commitment. Now, it's interesting that this passage talks about that, because this is actually a passage, Acts 2, we're going to look at verses 40 through 47, that talks about when the church was knew when the church was young, when the church was a baby. And yet it uses the language that I think obviously is an intentional language uh, by God to teach us that what God designed for the Christian life is to stay all in for the marathon of life. That we live for God over the long haul. That we do what we need to do to be involved in God's work to live faithfully for God over the long haul. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, again, I'm going to put uh, my version, which I'm, I'm reading from the New King James. You can look at your copy of the scriptures or your phone or your device or whatever. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read it to you and show you some slides and we'll get to the outline and the notes in just a minute. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. Okay, And uh, with many other words, he, which is in this case the Apostle Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved. He's crying out to the people who were there in Jerusalem when the church was little. This gathering of, 
of, of Jewish people from all over the world. Be saved from this perverse generation. And then this, verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, my goodness, about 3,000 souls were added to them, were added to this new church. And then it says this, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread, we did that this morning, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and wonders and signs were done through the apostles to substantiate the gospel. <clears throat> and all who believed were together. And had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as everyone had need. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking of bread, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as those who were being saved now if you look at the the screens that are around our building i highlighted the phrase that i want to focus in on as our theme today it says there that they continued steadfastly that they continued diligently some of the some of the translations say and so here's the thing and i put this on the top of your notes <clears throat> there on the top of the green sheet, that really it's not just a continuing commitment, not just, not just a running of a cross-country race or whatever, but it's a continuing commitment to Christ and his church because, folks, that continuing commitment this passage teaches us is what God wants from us. Staying all in. Now, in this passage, I told you we're going to highlight this phrase. Uh, the church is young, the church is new, and yet in this passage, it uses that phrase that they continued steadfastly. That's probably not language that we use a lot today. If you have the ESV, then your version says that they devoted themselves. That's a word that we use, devotion, you know, devoted to, committed to. The uh, New American Standard Version says that they continually were devoting themselves. And so that, um, that is more like it, what it says. It's kind of like Big Mel running cross country. You've got to finish the eight miles. It's not just the end of a basketball court. You've got to keep going. And folks, my point today, for me, for my wife, for my kids, for my grandkids, for our church, for my ministry, is that God wants us to keep going. God wants us to live for him. God wants us to be all in. But to keep living all in, it's a life of living for God over the long haul. And uh, this phrase, this passage that I talked to you about, the word continue means, that's why I gave you the other translations, means lasting it actually <coughs> was used in that culture of running and to keep running in that culture they would often have to have runners 
Now, now think about that. First century, right? There was no, uh, there was no CNN. There was no Fox News. There was no text. There was no USA Today. There was no radio. There was no internet to get news or to get messages from one place to from one city to another one. In fact, that's where a marathon came. You know, 25 miles, right, or some whatever whatever that is, some ungodly un- number of running. Who could do that? I'll, I'll quit talking about the running. But uh, it's just because they had to do that. They had to get the messages out. And so that was a, a, a concept that means to keep running or without interruption. Don't stop after the end of 94 feet. Don't stop when you're not a kid anymore. Don't stop when things get hard. Don't stop when things get tired. Don't stop when things get sick. Don't stop when there's persecution. There was in biblical times. There will be in life. Keep running. Keep going. (coughs) And continue to do something. The word steadfastly or diligently in your Bibles means a word to continue to do something which that's why I'm showing you the language. You know that I love that as a writer. But it's like to continue to do something with intense effort. In fact, even that is a word that implies to the point of exhaustion. Don't give up. My plea for us as believers, my plea for those of you that are watching online, don't give up. Don't let Satan beat us. We need to live for God. This is a marathon. To live for God and to serve him and to keep growing for him until Jesus comes back or until he takes us to heaven. It's a marathon. (coughs) Continue to be all in and to do what Christ wants us to do for the long haul. And I I think that's the point here. Now, if you look at this, and maybe in the future we'll talk more about the the bigger context of the early chapters of Acts. But the church is new. This passage, 3,000 people, 3,000 people came to Christ. And they're new Christians. And so here, in that case, these new believers, God is telling them, Peter is telling them in his message, keep running, it's a marathon. Keep involved in God's work. That's, that's what he's telling them. And so the church was new. They were facing persecution. In fact, one of the very next things that happened is the believers scattered. And he's, Peter, I think, would implore people to say, okay, even with persecution, even if things are really, 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 really hard, keep living for God for the long haul. That's what God, that's what God has for us, this intense effort, this despite difficulty. So... I want to talk with you just for a few moments this morning about three characteristics of this uh, that are here of this early New Testament church. Three characteristics. This passage is is rich with descriptors of how this church operated and how to ch- how this church lived. And I, folks, I think you know me. You know my heart. You know that I love you, those that are watching online and those that are here. Um, this has been a hard year for the church. Right? COVID. Whatever is going on. Has smacked us, hadn't it? 
Let me just talk for a second, okay? Okay, last week I was sick. I had, I told you, the official name, I had the creeping crud, okay? This rash. <laughs> Two weeks before that, I spoke up at um, Spruce Lake Retreat Center in the Poconos. Two different weekends in a row to youth retreats, okay? Um, every, there were, there, were, there were churches from all over the state. In fact, churches from several different cities in Pennsylvania and several different places in New Jersey, so the Northeast. But I talked to every single pastor or youth leader from every church that came to those retreats. And every single pastor told me, every single one, we're just shooting straight, right? Told me how their church is struggling with people not coming back to church since COVID. 100% since COVID, that there were people who the pastors thought they were faithful, thought they were dependable. COVID happened, they're not there. Maybe they're online, maybe, and I'm not being critical. I am not. We are responsible to God. Certainly you're not accountable to, to me for this. <clears throat> but, but churches are struggling. And so I've been, more than ever the last couple of weeks, I've been praying specifically for God's church, that God's believers, that me, my family, our ministries would be faithful and not quit when things get hard. Not quit when things get weird. Culturally. But to live for God over the long haul and not, uh, yeah, not, not yield to Satan's temptation. Again, think about what was going on here. Apostles were being martyred. Christians were being martyred. Read Acts. The persecution was unbelievable. And yet they continued steadfastly, diligently, to the point of exhaustion. That's what God wanted to, them, to do for them, to live for God over the long haul. And you know me, you know my heart. I grew up in a home where my parents were, my parents were laymen. My parents were not ministry people. My dad was a World War II vet. He never finished high school. My dad delivered furniture for Sears. But my parents loved, they loved the church. There was no way growing up that I could miss church because I didn't do my homework. There was no way growing up that I could have a job on Sunday and miss church. I was telling you the stories of being a basketball player, right? By my time my senior year, this was like... We went to the state playoffs, my high school basketball team. And for the first time ever, this is the 70s, you have to understand that. But our coach said, we're going to get ready for the states. We're going to have practice on Sunday. My dad's like, not in a million years, you're going. I had to go to my basketball coach and say, this is the state playoffs. And I'm the biggest kid on our, on our team. We're going to the states. And I had to go to my basketball coach, and I'm, I'm like, uh, I was scared out of my mind. This guy was no pushover. And I said, Coach, you know, I, I can't go to practice on Sunday. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, what's, what's going to happen? You know what he said? He goes, okay, we'll change it. Because one kid, because of my dad, made a stand. Made a stand. And uh, I, 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 that was an incredible lesson. And, and my parents were that way. Church is, God is important. And I look at this passage, and I'm just shooting straight with you this morning. 
about being all in and staying all in. I think that's what we see from the early church. And that is, that's how important the church is to God. So let's look at these three things <coughs> quickly. The church, number one, is effective. What I mean by that is that God intended the church to work. It works. It does something. The church does, even with all of our frailties, even with all of our humanness. My goodness, I screw up every single day. I'll tell you a secret. So does Pastor Todd. Sorry, but we do. God's church is the way God wants it to be. We mess it up. But I'll tell you one thing. God designed the church, God designed the church to do something. It's designed to work, to do something. Not just to be here, not just to be this... Uh, one more schedule in our lives, one more activity. So let me just talk to you about that. And with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted him, saying, exhorted them, saying, be saved, which I love that, from this perverse, evil, sinful generation, that those that gladly received his word were baptized, and that day were three, about 3,000 souls were added to them. To believe that they receive the word is to believe something is true and to respond accordingly. They came to Christ. God used his word. God used the church to change people's lives. Again, there's something effective about the church. There's something, we'll get to this in a moment, eternal about the church. In other words, this is not just, again, one more activity to fill up our busy lives. This is a God thing. And one of the things that God is doing is using the gospel preaching churches to see people come to Christ and to see people grow in Christ. It says there that they're saved from a crooked and perverse generation. Even then, that was how God described culture. <clears throat> My goodness, look around. Aren't we there again? God wants his people. God wants his believers to be different than that. That's why church works. That's why the church is so important. That we're different from that. We're different from the world. That is evil. That is crooked. That is headed in the wrong direction. And then also, it says that they were added to something. I love that language. Maybe we'll talk more about this. But... But the idea is that it implies membership. I'm not sure back in this story that there was some scribe that kept track of how many people were actually members like we do here at Wyoming Valley Church or whatever. But it does imply I'm going to be a part of something. I'm, I'm in. Pastor Todd's illustration of being all in, it implies that. That, that, that the word... You know, like membership. Again, I'm not sure that back then it means like this list or that, again, that somebody had a list or whatever, database, you know, or whatever. But I want to be a part of that. I want to be, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And so number one is I want to emphasize this. The church is about changed lives. It says that to be saved from this perverse generation. Then those that gladly received his word were baptized as a public testimony. Pastor Todd talked about that this morning. 
My life is different. That's what baptism is. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, raised to new life. My life is different. That's what the public testimony of baptism is all about. You're telling, you're telling the world, my life is different than it used to be. My life is different than maybe others around me. That's what you're telling people with baptism. And the same day, 3,000. I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing testimony. So here's the thing. The church is effective. The church works. Now let me show you one passage, and we'll get to number two. We've talked about this. We've gone through this passage before. Pastor Todd and I did this series, oh, a few months ago, on the church. And we talked to you a lot about this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. And remember I told you, I'm a, I'm a youth ministry guy. My wife is back with the kids. We love kids. We do. We have, you know, how many grandkids do we have now? A bazillion? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. I love little Walker kids. I do. I can't wait to meet Thurman. You know, he's going to probably be six, you know, six, six with a beard. You know, he's going to be, you know, but it, it's, it's because of this. Ephesians 4 says, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up <coughs> into all things into him. It's the head even Christ. I love children, I love kids. I'll do everything I can to speak to kids and do youth ministry. I, I, I love that. This weekend, in fact, if you think of it, pray for me on Thursday. I'm doing this online seminar on Generation Alpha this Thursday afternoon. That's kids who are 11 years old and younger right now. I think that's the generation that's most impacted by, by COVID. And I'm teaching a seminar online this Thursday afternoon at 1 o'clock on Zoom, on Zoom. But here's the thing. And we'll move on. Here's the thing. God doesn't want us to stay children. Right? Little Marcus is running around. Todd Marcus Walker <laughs> Jr. He's running around here today. God doesn't want Marcus to stay a baby. He wants him to grow up. I want him to grow up. I can't wait. God wants us to grow up. First, Second Corinthians in the Bible, two of the biggest books in the New Testament were written to believers who were growing up, were mature. They were babies. Peter writes about, I have to give you milk because you're still a baby. God wants us to grow up. <clears throat> and I'll tell you a secret. That's one of the things that the church is all about. That's one of the reasons we have church. So you can grow. It's not just, again, something to fill your schedule on a Sunday. Church is a whole lot more than that. It's so we can grow. And I, th th these new baby Christians, we're hearing. The church works. Your life is changed. Praise God for that. I thank God for that. That our life is changed over the long haul. That we're not babies. God wants lives to change. And again, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a secret. God doesn't want us to come to church week after week, year after year after year, and have nothing happen. 
That's wrong. God wants us to change. God wants us to be different. <coughs> church is about changed lives. Number two, the church is also eternal. I love this. Verse 47, what I'm, do- what I'm doing in the outline is I talked about the beginning of the passage. Number two is skip to the end, and then we're going to come back and talk about the middle in just a minute, okay? So verse 47 says this. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily, as those who were being saved, saved from sin, accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's what was happening. People were coming to Christ. In Revelation chapter 9, I love this passage. In Revelation chapter 9, it's, it's, after, it's after the church is taken to heaven. It's in end times. Revelation chapter 7 says, that He looked and he saw a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne. Someday in heaven, we're going to worship with all the believers from everywhere. And every country, every tribe, every people group is going to be there. <coughs> Here's the point. The church is eternal. Think about that. We are so time conscious. I admit to you that there are times. I will admit to you. You will will write me off for saying this. You know, there are times that I humanly don't want to go to church. There are times like when I have sickness or something, I really, really want to go to church and feel like I can't, feel like I shouldn't. But there are times that church isn't all that I've wanted it to be. And there are times that I have to tell myself, you know, Mel, suck it up. The church isn't about now. The church isn't about my schedule now. It's, it's about eternity, that I'm doing this for Jesus for, the, for eternity. The church is eternal. And to realize that we're a part of something that God is doing. Don't forget that. You can, there, there's a place in your outline. You can jot this down. Again, this may not, humanly, this not be, may not be all that we want it to be. And it's not. I've been in a lot of churches. Up until I started working here, serving here, Wyoming Valley Church. I'm a guy that's for a lot of years of my life. I worked at two different Bible colleges. I worked at a, at a Christian publishing house. And I worked for a ministry where I travel. I visited about 30 churches a year for about 30 years. I'll tell you a secret. Okay, that's a lot of churches, right? I never found a perfect one. In fact, was it, did we figure out that this was Spurgeon who said that? If you find a perfect church, don't go to it. You'll ruin it. I know Swindoll said that for years and years, but if you find a perfect, if you find a perfect church, don't go to it. You'll ruin it. Right? And that's how it is. I mean, but the church isn't about this. It's about heaven. It's about glory. It's about being in front of Christ forever, worshiping Him, and to realize that that's why growth is so important, so that someday we can go to be, be with Christ because we're, he's, he's building us, conforming us more and more to being like Christ. So the church is something that God is doing, and the church is about Him. It's not about us. That's, that's really an important lesson. We, we live in such a consumer-driven society. You know, we, we think, you know, that if I don't like it, I should go somewhere where I like it. Since when does, 
Since when does the Bible teach that Mel Walker should get his way? That's really what church is all about, if Mel Walker's happy, right? Are you kidding me? And if I'm not happy, I'm going to go find another church and make them unhappy too? You know, I mean, come on. The church is about Jesus. It's about what God is doing through His Son, what God is using His Son through our lives. The church has to be about Jesus. It has to be about focusing on Him, not about us. The church is eternal. One more thing, and, and I think it's important to emphasize this too because of what we did today. There's a doctrine in the Scriptures. A few weeks ago we were doing a doctrinal study on Wednesday nights, and I'll get off this a little bit, but there's a, a doctrinal truth that is called saved church membership. And I'm not going to emphasize the membership, although I think this passage implies that they belonged to something. In other words, there, there needs to be a loyalty. You belong to something. I'm in. You got me. I'll do whatever. I'm in to the local church. But, but here's the thing. People who come to church, people who are active in church, Pastor Todd talked about, Pastor Todd talked about serving today. And the, that is the Bible model, that God wants all of us to use our gifts, God wants all of us to use our abilities to serve Him here. He does. That's what God, that's what God wants. But it's also important to realize that this is for believers. Right? We had communion this morning. Every single time, probably, that I've been, and I, I grew up, I, I came to Christ when I was five. I'm, I'm almost 67 years old. Okay, that's a long time. I don't, I don't know if everybody here, shooting straight, right, understands communion. What do we do? What is that? We have a cracker. We have juice. I, it's okay come to church and you don't understand study it find out what the scriptures say we can learn together we can grow together because the church is designed for believers the church is designed we go out to reach people for Christ that's what was happening the church people go and uses our sphere of influence to share Christ with others but the church we, there's stuff that we do here that people don't necessarily understand that's a, okay Let's learn and let's grow and let's realize that the church is for God's people, but that also God's people need the church. You read this passage. It talks about the breaking of bread. Again, communion. What we did today, just a little symbol of the, an illustration of the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the church too. God designed that what we did so that we would remember ready the church is about Jesus he died on the cross he shed his blood for you for me the church is about Jesus and that we're here that's an illustration of how Jesus gave his life so that he could change my life so I could be different I could be saved from that perverse generation that's how important it is, and that's why the church is eternal. And here's the thing, the church matters for eternity.
The church matters for eternity. Someday, those of us that know, all of us are going to face eternity. But someday, all those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ are going to be gathered before the throne of Jesus Christ, praising him forever. That's why the church is eternal. Number three, and I'm done. The church is also essential. This is the middle part of it. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Continued steadfastly, diligently, we talked about that. The breaking of bread and prayers. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That's, that sounds like a great church. God was doing some things. They had unity. Let me just point out some things, and we'll be, we'll, there's a little chart, and we'll be done. Number one, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Notice, notice here, I'm going to show you just a quick, quick thing. Boom, boom, boom. And then there's a little chart. <laughs> notice how important the church was in their lives, in their schedules. They continued steadfastly. That was important. They were together. They, there's a unity in this passage that I love. That we're, oh, that, That's one of the reasons why I think things like having brunch next week. I think that's important because of passages like Acts 2. <laughs> Also because I love pancakes and sausage. <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's, a, it's good. The church fellowshiped. The church and the Bible meant to fellowship. And then they continued daily going house to house and being involved in the lives of other people was really, really, really important to this church. So here, let me say this. The church is essential. The church is important, number three. The church is really, really important. Now let me just point out some things. I, last time I spoke, I think it's important, and I don't want to just jump off and be done because there's a, a question, and here's the question in this passage. Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them all as everyone had need. Okay, is, is that, did God intend that to be the model? That I should sell all my stuff, and we should, there should be like a, this is a terrible illustration, but I think, I think we get it, that there should be this communism thing, that everybody's equal, that there's no... That's, that's not it. That's not it. That was never intended in the Bible to be a pattern for the church for today. Sell everything and just share. That was never the pattern. In fact, if you look in the pages of Scripture, if you start reading Acts and go down through all the rest of the epistles... You know, all the way to the end, till, re till the revelation. No other church did that. No other church did that. The second church, the Antioch church, they didn't do that. That was a part of the Jewish culture of community. The, the importance of community, the Jewish culture. Most of these 3,000 people in Acts 2 were Jews, probably 99, probably all, maybe even all of them. And part of their culture was, was family, but was clan, right? Was big families, was the, the tribes of Israel. Community was really, 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 really important. We grew up, every single one of us here, probably, 
with a Western culture influence that says, I uh, demand individuality, that, that I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And we do. That, that's very, very important. But I think our culture has taught us, <coughs> I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I got this. No, you don't. We need each other. We need the church. I admit to you, last week I'm home thinking, I wish I was there. I need people praying. You know, we need each other. There's a community part of it. That's why I think belonging to something is so important. And My heart's into this one today, right? So it's okay if I keep going? Is it okay? The reaction from the church to the COVID thing breaks my heart. That God's people stay away from God's people. No, I get it. We're responsible to God. You're responsible to God and you've got to take care. I get it. And certainly God understands. But that's not forever. There are, I was with a whole bunch of churches the last couple of weeks, a whole bunch of churches. And when God's people go to work and go to the store, I'm going to get in trouble. And go to work and go out to eat and hang out with neighbors and don't come to church. I think that grieves God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the convictor. I'm not that. God can do a whole lot better at that than me. I'm just sharing my heart. Look at this passage. Look at the Bible. Pastor Todd started this all in, and all I'm just saying is continue to be all in. Don't let Satan win. Don't let culture win. God has saved us from that. God wants our lives to be different. And you look at Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 2 Peter. You look at all of that. You look at all of that. You come to the conclusion. Okay, so obviously this is important to God. The church is important to God. Read all of that. You're going to see it. The church is important to God. In fact, this is my little chart. I think God's people desperately need these things. Teaching and preaching, worship and ordinances, discipleship, evangelism, service, <coughs> stewardship, fellowship. Someday we'll look at all these, maybe even a little bit Wednesday night, and corporate prayer. In fact, you look at here, all of those things, all of those things were designed. This is why we do church. These are the things that we ought to be doing as a church. Right? And you come to two conclusions. Number one, these things are only function through the church. God didn't intend for these things to happen. <coughs> I know I'm in trouble today. 
I know I am. These things don't happen at home on my couch. They happen in a body, in a unity that belongs to a community, okay? Not as individual Western culture people. And God expects for all believers to be involved and committed. What God expects is for us to say, I'm all in. The church is effective. The church is about changed lives. The church is eternal. The church matters for eternity. This is not just another busy thing in my schedule. The church is essential. The church is important. So it's a continuing commitment to Christ and his church. You can't separate those two in the Bible. Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, you know, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You come to the conclusion the church is important. If Christ is important, the church is important. So here's the thing, which is for me and for all of us. If we are truly committed to Christ, we'll also be committed to his church too. God wants the church to work in our lives. God expects the church that we change lives, that we grow in Christ because it's forever. And the church is really, 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 really important or God wouldn't have done it for us. Does that make sense? Hey, I love you. Thanks for letting me be that personal today. Thank you that I have the freedom to be able to be that personal today. Thank you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, forgive me if human opinions get in the way. Help us to base our theology, our faith, but also our practice on your word. And what you teach. God, I, Pastor Todd is having us pray for these four things. There's a plaque on the table. God, I, I pray for your church. Oh, God, I pray that the church would be strong. Save us from this perverse generation. Change our lives. Help us to keep growing. Oh, God, help us not to be baby Christians. Help us to grow. Help us to mature, because someday we're going to stand in front of your son and worship him forever. And God, I pray that you'd teach us how important the church is. It never is it going to be everything that we want it to be. The church isn't about me getting my way. It's about Jesus. Oh, God, thank you for what you're doing. You're not wasting our time. You're not wasting our lives. You're doing something that matters for eternity. And God, in my heart, down deep in my heart, I want to be a part of that for your glory. I want my kids. Thank God that this morning, Christy Todd and Travis Walker are all serving you in the church. I pray for my grandkids. I pray for our church. The kids in the back room with Peggy. Oh, God, I pray that we'd see how important this is. People at home on line. God, oh, defeat what Satan's trying to do. There's ever a time in my lifetime where this culture needs the church to be strong. It's right now.
for your glory for eternity. Convict us, challenge us, and teach us. Again, help us to base our faith and our practice on what your word teaches. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thanks for letting me be very personal today. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, for not throwing anything at me. But, uh, hey, if there's anything you want to talk about or whatever, I'd be happy to do that. Don't just take this as, yeah, as, as Mel's opinion. Yeah, just and, and be critical of that. Let's just let's talk. Let's let's be what God has us to be, right? Amen. Have a great day. <coughs> I don't want you guys to eat after. <laughs>